0: So a little over a year and a half ago, I started having these really bad ear problems. And I hate going to the doctor, so I kind of kept quiet about it. Like, I didn't want people to know my ear was bothering me, because I knew as soon as someone was like, oh, you've got an ear infection, you should probably have that checked out. And uh, so, you know, I hate going to the doctor because uh, a doctor exposes what's wrong with you. I don't know if any of you guys feel this way, but it's like, Man, I'm gonna put off going to that doctor as long as possible because I, I don't really want to know what's wrong. I I just would like to, you know, kind of bury it. I'll tough it out, it'll go away. Well the problem was this ear infection didn't go away. And it got to the point where like it was I couldn't teach very well. It was like I was giving kids worksheets and I wanted to just go sit at my desk or you know, call in sick, and I was like, all right, I I finally gotta go. So I went to the doctor, I told him, I said, man, it sounds like a freight train every time I blow my nose, I'm pretty sure I perforated my eardrum. He's like, "Well, oh, let's, let's take a look. So sure enough, he, he looks in there and, you know, it hurt to even have that scope in my ear and he goes, oh man, that, he's like, for an adult, that's a really bad ear infection. Like, I see that in kids, but you know, in an adult, you, you perforated your eardrum, here's what you need to do. He goes, I'm giving you this prescription. He's like, there are drops for your ear three times a day. For 10 days, you need to put this in your ear. So I'm like, all right, doc. So I went to the CVS, got my prescription filled, went home. For like two days, I do the drops. and my, my ear starts to feel better, right? And so at that point, once my ear started feeling better, I stopped the drops. So like fast forward about three weeks, that ear infection's back. I go back in, the doctor's like, man, come on, so he cleans my ear out, gives me a different prescription, says, three times a day, Dave, three times a day for 10 days, don't stop until you're done. Uh, I didn't really listen again, so as soon as the ear started feeling better, I stopped taking the drops. So this goes on for months, I'm talking like my first infection is in May, if you fast forward to Thanksgiving of 2016, I've got another terrible ear infection. And I had to preach that Sunday, and I, like, I literally preached here. As soon as everybody was gone, I went to the urgent care. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm back. They're like, look, we're going to up your ib- what you should be taking on ibuprofen. Go home. Actually do the antibiotics this time. That night, it was so bad, I was like pacing up and down the hallway, muttering to myself because the pain was so bad until 1.30 in the morning. And finally, I was like, this is, I'm literally driving myself insane. Obviously, the only doctor that's open at that time is the ER. So I drove down to the Union Hospital there in Lynn, and I went to the ER, and and they put me on some stuff because the ibuprofen wasn't touching the pain anymore. They got rid of the pain, and the doctor came in when I was finally, like, you know, back in my right mind, and it was like, look, you're getting another prescription. I just looked at your medical (laughs) history. He's like... Three times a day for 10 days, you're going to put this, these drops in your ear. He's like, I'm also giving you an oral uh, antibiotic as well. Now do it. So guess what? I went home, and finally, for three times a day, for 10 days, I took that medication. And I haven't had one ear problem since. It cleared up. I went back in. The eardrum is healed. My hearing's 100%, at least for a person my age. It's back to where it should be. All because I finally listened to the doctor. I took what he said to heart, and I did what I needed to do, and everything got better. It changed. Now, I bring that up today because sometimes we're the same way with the gospel. Like, we don't want to go to the gospel because what the gospel does is it illuminates problems in our lives. It does. It illuminates the sin in our life. It shows it to us. And so because of that, we don't like to go hear the gospel. Or when we do, we kind of, just like I did with the doctor, we let it come in one ear and go out the other, and we never really let it hit our heart. We never let it change us. We never do what it says to do. And therefore, things in our life don't get better. We're still struggling with the same things we've struggled with. We haven't matured in those areas. And so I I, I want to, uh, you know, let that be on our minds, that we approach the gospel that way sometimes, and we shouldn't. Let's read Mark 4, 21 through 25. We're back in the Gospel of Mark. This is Exploring Mark, our sermon series. So Mark 4, 21 through 25. And he said to them, he being Jesus, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Jesus is telling his disciples this right after the parable of the sower. So, way back in December, when we were getting ready to start Mark, Joey preached kind of a, a one off message. We called it a standalone message, but really it was to introduce us to the Gospel of Mark. And it was Mark 4 1 through 20. And, uh,. He he preached that to, to get us ready, because in the parable of the sower, it talks about the word being preached and how people responded when they hear it. And so the purpose of that sermon was both to present the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ came, the Son of God, to live a perfect life, to die on the cross for our sins, and to rise again so that we could have eternal life. So that was one purpose of the sermon, but the other purpose of the sermon was that In that, Jesus kept saying, Him who has ears to hear, let him hear. And we saw it again in this passage. So the purpose of that sermon was to get us ready as we go through the Gospel of Mark to have ears that are open to hear the word as it is preached. To pay attention to it so that it goes into our heart. So that it changes our lives. It changes our attitudes and our thoughts and our actions. And so that was the purpose of starting off this sermon series with that Uh, that sermon and so jesus this uh, passage in mark is directly after that and the truth is is that we don't always respond to god's word the way we should right people all the time reject it in fact in the parable of the sower three of the four examples that are given are people who do not hear the word as they should hear It comes in, it makes maybe a little impact on their lives for a little bit, but in the end it goes and it leaves. And it never really changes them. So we do not want to be that way. And Jesus is warning his disciples against that. He's saying, listen to what is being said. Listen to the word of God. Pay attention to it. Now, sometimes we don't like to pay attention to it, if we're honest, because the gospel is exactly what Jesus said it is. It's illuminating. It shines into our lives. It exposes us for who we are. As a Christian, you can't sit there and say, I'm just this perfect, wonderful person that was so deserving and so wonderful, and that's why God has blessed me. No, because the gospel outs us as filthy, rotten sinners, if we're honest. Think about what the gospel is saying. The gospel is that our sin was so severe and so repulsive to God that God had to send himself, God the Son, down to earth to save us. God the Son had to leave his place in heaven with the Father and come and take on a human body with all its frailties with all the temptation that comes with it. He left heaven to do that. And in doing it, he did so perfectly. The frailties didn't take him down. He didn't fall to temptation. Instead, he lived a perfect life, the life that we should have lived but can't. And then, on top of that, not only did he do all of that, but he was tortured and executed, all to pay for our sin. So we cannot look at the gospel and say, we are these wonderful people. No, the gospel illuminates the fact that we are sinners in need of a Savior. We had to have that. We couldn't do it on ourselves. We could not be righteous before God on our own. And so we had to have Jesus. And that's the beautiful news of the gospel. But it is illuminating. And it is insulting to our pride, right? It hits our pride because we like to think we're good enough. We like to think we can do things on our own. We like to think all of those things about us, but they're simply not true when it comes to how God views us. If we compare ourselves to God, what are we? And so people, of course, are going to react negatively to that when they hear it. Right? That's why the gospel gets put under a, a basket. Right? People don't want the light of the gospel shining into their lives. And so sometimes they're going to reject it, maybe forcefully reject it. I mean, if you've ever caught someone doing something they weren't supposed to be doing and they knew it, but they wanted to keep doing it, what's their reaction towards you? It's pretty negative, right? It's a door slammed in the face. If you find the wrong guy's doing something, the wrong thing, you might wind up in a meat locker. We've seen good fellas, right? right? Everybody who could have connected Jimmy to uh, the Lufthansa heist, what's he do? He whacks them. And the one guy he doesn't whack, what happens? He he ends up informing the FBI about him, right? Because anybody who could have illuminated what he'd done, he took care of it. He's like, no, I don't want them to be able to do that. Well, People react the same way to the gospel. They don't want it to be illuminated that they are, in fact, sinners. And so they shut it out. They don't want to hear it. But the good news is, is that people will respond the right way. People will hear it. Because you know what? It's better to be exposed as a sinner now than be exposed as a sinner before God when you meet Him. Because at some point, we're all going to stand before God in judgment. There comes a day where everybody is going to stand before God and everything they've ever done, both in thought and in deed, everything they've ever done is going to be laid out before God. It's going to be exposed. Nothing's going to be kept secret at that point. How important, more or how much better would it be to be exposed now while we have a chance to hear the gospel and repent and place our faith in Jesus? Much better to do that now than to be exposed then when we don't have that chance anymore, when we're there at judgment. And so I say that to encourage you to let the light of the gospel shine. Tell people about Jesus. Tell them about what He's done. Tell them that they do need a Savior. It's not loving to tell people that they're not sinners and that they're perfect on their own because they're not. That's just a lie. And it's unloving to do that to someone. So please be willing to let the light of the Gospel shine both in your life and to others. Tell them about Jesus because it's so much better that they be exposed now that the light of the Gospel does that now and not later. I'm going to go back to what Jesus was saying, especially about having an ear to hear it. Hear that. Pay attention to what you hear. Not just when there's a plain gospel presentation like that, because we love to hear the gospel, because it's great news. You will never hear better news that God made a way for you to be justified before Him, that He made a way for you to come back to Him. That's a wonderful thing to hear and a great thing to hear. But also, any time you hear God's Word preached, because all of the Bible points to the Gospel, and all of the Bible flows out of the truth of the Gospel. And so when we hear the Bible preached, when we hear God's Word preached, we realize that it is extremely important that we pay attention. We can't just hold on to the parts we like, and the parts we don't like shut our ears to and do this, right? Like my kids would like to do sometimes. We can't do that. Because it's all God's word and it all is part of the gospel. It all points to it. It all flows from it. And so I encourage you each Sunday that you come to have your ears open. Have ears to hear. Pay attention to what you hear. Don't just let it come in one ear and go out the other with no effect on your heart, with no effect on your life. No, that's the wrong way. That's not what Jesus is calling us to do. He's calling us to pay attention to what we hear. We gather together on Sunday mornings, and we do a lot of things while we're here, right? We come see each other. I mean, one of the great things about coming together on Sunday morning is to see each other and to talk with each other and to love each other. That's certainly one thing we do. We come together to sing worship to God. We have a great band. Maybe they'll even play our favorite song that Sunday, right? We come together to sing. We come together to take communion together, to remember that it was Christ's body and His blood shed. We do all those things, and all those things are extremely important on a Sunday morning. But we also come together to hear from God's Word. And if we want to grow in our faith, if we want to mature in our faith, we have to start paying attention to what we hear and making sure that it's going into our heart, into our mind, that it's affecting us, affecting how we think and affecting how we act. Because that's how you mature. You listen to God's Word. The great thing is, we're told that with the measure we do this, that it will be given back to us. Like, if we pay attention to what God's Word says, and we act on it in our lives, we are dwelling on it, meditating on it, day and night like it talked about in Psalm 1 which we opened up with this morning if we're doing that it, we are promised that it will be returned to us we are promised that it will make an impact in our lives that it will change us and even more so not just the to the it says even more beyond the measure that we do that with and so i really want to encourage you if there's areas that you're wanting to mature and you're like man i really wish i could leave this sin behind or i really wish i was maturing in this area or that area Let me encourage you, go to God's Word in that area and pay attention to what it says and you will change. Things will happen in your life. But we're also warned about what happens to people who do the opposite. It says to the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And when it's talking about that, it's not talking about material things. It's talking in a spiritual sense. I have a roommate from college who, unfortunately, is all I can say is he's a perfect example of this scripture. I saw it play out in his life. He's a really dear friend of mine. We lived together for three years. We were roommates. He was in my wedding, and I loved him dearly. And, uh, you know, we grew uh, going to this church together, you know, around the same time we started doing that. and. He heard the gospel, and when he heard the gospel, he liked it. He liked the part that Jesus came to die on the cross for his sins. He liked that part because he knew that he needed forgiveness. He knew he was a sinner. He had no doubts about that. But what he really didn't like was what he called Group B. Group B were the people who were not going to listen to the gospel, who were not going to believe it, and therefore they weren't going to be forgiven. He didn't like that there was a Group B. He kept fighting that and fighting that. And I don't mean over just like a short amount of time. I mean over years. He kept going back to, to the minister at the church. And he was like, I don't like what it says here. He's like, why is there a group B? Why, 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 why is there this? And the minister kept pointing him to the scripture going, look, you know what the Bible says. You know what it says about this. That those who reject Jesus, they will die in their sins. And that God is just, and because he's just, he has to punish sin. He's like, you know this. And he kept pushing it away and pushing it away. And he didn't want to listen in that area. And pretty soon, the gospel sounded not so good to him anymore. And I'm talking years later. He was going years to this church for five years. And at this point, he doesn't even call himself a Christian anymore. Last time I talked to him, he said, you know, I think it's good to be Christ-like. He said, but I'm not a Christian. I don't believe that. And he asked again, why is there a group B? That's the question he kept coming back to. And because he wasn't willing to listen to the Scriptures on that, eventually, even the part he found lovely to hear, that he found enjoyable to hear, even that was taken away from him. To the point where he, I don't know when the last time he was in church. Probably he came to visit when we were all at Seven Mile Road. That was six years ago. Now it's really hard for me to tell you that story because I love him dearly. And I wish I hadn't seen that. And to tell you the truth, I wish that was the only time I'd ever seen that. But that's not the only time I've ever seen it. And I wish I could say that it's never happened to someone who came through our doors at Restoration Road. But the truth is, it has happened to people who have come through the doors here. They've come, they've heard the good news of Jesus, and at first they like it, and it sounds good, but something comes along, and it gets in their way. And they cling to that thing instead of clinging to the Scriptures. And whatever that thing is, whatever it is, it, they just dwell on that, and dwell on that, and dwell on that. And pretty soon, the same thing happens to them. They say, no, it doesn't sound so good anymore. Even what they once had is taken from them. Now, I don't want to say, uh, I don't want people in here going, oh man, maybe I'm, not, I'm losing my salvation. These people, they never truly had salvation. It just appeared on the outside. That for a moment of time, it looked like it was there. But in reality, it never took roots in their heart. It never produced fruit. And because they clung to whatever that one thing was, or maybe it was multiple things, in the end, even what they had, even what they once found joy in, in church, is gone. So as we're doing that, I want to address a few things that we have seen over and over again in the life of our church. And um, Joey preached on this a while back, and uh, I'm going to preface it the same way he did I'm not thinking of any one person when I think of this. This is literally stuff we've seen over and over in the life of our church. These are are, are things we see throughout the church. So please don't get offended necessarily that I'm picking on you one-on-one. That's certainly not the case. These are things that are, are broadly a problem that we've seen over and over again get into people's lives, and it gets in the way of them following Jesus. And as we go over this, please know that it's coming from a place of love. Because I love you guys as your pastor, and I don't want to see things get in your way of your relationship with Jesus, of your faith in Him. So these areas, and it's an all-church service, so I've got to be a little delicate with these here, but I'm still going to hit them on the head. Okay, the first issue that Joey preached on, this is October 1st, With sexual immorality. That we do not follow, as we should, God's prescription for that type of relationship. That it's to be between a man and a woman, singular, in the covenant of marriage, and nothing should be done outside of that. The second was that we are lovers of money. In other words, that we value our money more than anything else, even over what the Word of God says about it. And the third was that we have trouble being sober-minded, not turning to things that will alter our minds and alter our moods. We have trouble staying away from those. Now, you might be struggling with one of those areas. You might be struggling with all three of those areas, and I don't know which ones it is. But that was three months ago. Like, as of tomorrow, that sermon will have been three months ago, so we can kind of consider this a quarterly review, if you will. How are we doing in those areas? When Joey preached that sermon, did you have ears to hear? Did you pay attention to what you hear when you heard them? He gave us verses, specific verses we could go to, to take into battle against those sins. Did you listen to them? Did you allow them to penetrate your heart? So that you could be changed by God's Spirit. Or did you let them go in one ear and out the other? And you could say that, you know, I'm pretty much in the same area or maybe even a little worse now than I was three months ago. There's a class that I'm teaching currently. It's an advanced class. uh, So it's actually meant to be taught at a college level, and the class is 11th graders. And it's biology, and they're having some trouble adjusting to uh, the workload, if I'm just quite honest. The tests have not been great. The first one was good when it was like the intro to everything. They were like, oh, yeah, this is going to be easy. And now we're hitting the hard stuff, and it's not so easy anymore. And after the third test came, the class average was failing, and not just like a 59 failing, like it was down there. And so I I looked at the class. I said, all right, how many of you studied more than just last night for this test? Two hands went up. The two kids who got you know above like uh, 80 in the class, their hands went up. Everybody else had only studied the night before. I'm like, guys, this is college level stuff. You can't prep for it like you're prepping for a high school class. And so I spent like two-thirds of a class, like a good 30 minutes probably, just going over what it looked like. like. I'm up drawing on the board like, all right, here's your week. Here's your time slots in your week. Where are you studying in this? And we went over a good plan of what it looked like for them to study, how much they should be studying each night, how many nights a week they should study, what kind of study tools they should be using. I'm like, all right, guys, there you go. If you do that, you'll do well in this class. And so I go into the fourth test expecting, like, really good grades, right? The average went up 3%. It's like, 3%? I said, guys... How many of you went home and actually put into action that study plan we went over as a class? Like three kids. Like three kids. I'm like, guys, of course nothing changed. You didn't put into action what we talked about. Like if you just hear it, it's not going to do you any good. You've got to let it go into your mind. You've got to listen to it. You've got to let it change your life. Same is true of the Bible. You can't just hear it and expect it to be like, okay, I heard it once, we're good. No, you've got to pay attention to what you're hearing. You've got to let it go into your heart. You've got to let it wreck your life sometimes. You've got to let it change your heart. You've got to let it change your attitudes. You've got to let it change your mind. And if you're having trouble doing that, you've got to go back to the Word and read it again and again and again. Go back to it. Hear it. Let it change you. And so I'm going to give you the chance again. If you maybe didn't hear or write down the verses that Joey gave us the first time, I'm going to say them again. Write these down. Make a note in your iPhone. Whatever it takes for you to remember these verses so you can go back to them, so you can really pay attention to what you're hearing from the Word of God so that it changes your life. Do that. Here they are. Sexual immorality was Proverbs five eighteen. And I'm going to add one more on that because I, I heard a couple of comments because that one talks about in marriage. So people are like, What if I'm not married? Okay, so I'm going to add another one. So we had Proverbs five eighteen for that. We also 1 Thessalonians four three through five. First Thessalonians four three through five. For being a lover of money, it was first Timothy six ten. First Timothy 6.10. And for being sober-minded, it was First Peter 5.8. Please, if that sermon didn't impact you in those areas, go back. Again, you can listen to it. It's on our podcast. There's a plug for that. You can go back. You can listen to it. They're all online. That was October 1st. But you can also just go straight to these scriptures. You can read them. You can read them. Dwell on those. Meditate on them day and night. Let them impact your heart. Let them change you. Because I know some of you were paying attention to that sermon because since that sermon has come, people have told me about ways they've grown in their faith, about sin that they've overcome, about situations they've got themselves out of because they were listening to the Word of God. And they were situations where previously they would have been like, Man, all right, I'm sinning. I'm going off into it. I'm doing it. But because they were dwelling on the Word of God, they were able to resist that temptation. They were able to overcome that sin. They were able to grow in whatever area it might have been. Because they were listening to the Word of God. They paid attention to what they heard. You know, it's not a real secret when you see someone growing and maturing in their faith. I remember... Uh, being uh, in college and I'd see people who came to faith and the, like, it seemed like they were growing really fast in, in their faith and in their maturity and be like, man, what are they doing? What are they doing that's so great that they're, they're growing so fast? They were reading the Word of God. They were reading their Bible. They were paying attention to what was being said in the sermon and they were letting it into their heart. And they were believing it more than they believed whatever lie was being told to them to tempt. They were believing that even over what their own mind wanted to tell them. They were meditating on that scripture, paying attention to what they heard. And you'd be amazed at how fast they would mature. It really isn't... Now, some things are going to take a long time. Some things are more deeply rooted in our lives. But it's not some big secret to overcoming this. It's going to God's Word. It's reading what it says. It's hearing sermons preached on God's word and it's meditating on that and dwelling on that and letting that influence how you think and not other things. And valuing that above all else. So restoration road. As we go into this new year, let's make sure that one, we are allowing the gospel to shine into our lives. That we are allowing it to illuminate. Not only our lives, but the lives of others. Let's make sure we're sharing the gospel with people. And let's make sure that we are carefully paying attention to God's word when we hear it preached. So that we can overcome that sin. We can overcome temptation. We can grow in maturity as followers of Christ. So that God can use us. So that He can bless us and mature us more and more. That He would be glorified. That more and more people through us, God using us to bring them to salvation, that we would see more people saved and more people rejoicing here at Restoration Road and in our work and wherever God has called us to be. Let's do that this year.